present by Stefan Molyneux, chapter 14. There was grim silence in the auditorium as Oliver stepped off the stage. He was normally a solid speaker who would get respectful, sustained applause, though never standing ovations. But today, the mostly male audience was too stunned to respond. Even the master of ceremonies looked nervous to approach the podium. Some men grabbed their phones and fled the room. Others had tears in their eyes. Eventually, the master of ceremonies took the microphone. Well, thank you f- for, for that, he said awkwardly. For, for, the, for those of you with any remaining optimism, there is an open panel on surviving the family court system at 1 p.m. right here. If you still have the stomach for it, a lunch buffet, seed oil free, no soy, of course, is, 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 is available across the hall. Oliver stood by the stage, his hands clasped behind his back. A heavily bearded man came up to him. Dude, I'll be really that screwed. I'm just giving the facts, replied Oliver. We always knew this was coming. The man nodded energetically. Yeah, but, man, right now? Oliver nodded slowly. It's kind of like dying. We always know it's going to happen. I guess it always comes as a surprise, though, for some. Rachel pushed her way forward through the crowd. She was so used to male deference that the hard-to-pass bodies and annoyed glances surprised her. Oliver, she cried. Rochelle? His voice was neutral. She was pleased that he did not need to glance at her name tag. Rachel leaned forward, smiling. I think I'd better buy you a coffee. You totally killed the vibe. What are you doing here? I came to see you, she said, in what she hoped was a disarming manner. He cocked his head to one side. No, thank you. Rachel blinked in confusion. For for what? For why you are here. Oliver's eyes sharpened. I will be more explicit if you want. I actually came to a... Apologize. Wait your turn, she said to a man on her right who started to speak. You're cutting off this man at a men's rights conference. Oliver turned to the young man. He had a pale face that seemed to be trembling. What's up? That was, that was, I don't know, something else. I just wanted to thank you for all the work that you've been doing. It it really has meant the world to me. You're not old enough to be my dad, but it it does feel that way. I'm the single son of a single mom. You know how it is. The young man seemed on the verge of tears. Oliver stepped forward and embraced him warmly. Rachel leaned in to hear him murmur, Thank you for coming. Thank you for your words. Oliver stepped back. How did you find my work in the first place? Well... I had a a, a, a a pretty monk face in my mid-teens, you know, uh, burrowing out from the, the bottomless feminine to some stereotype of masculinity. And I had a, had a real sense that I was going in a very bad direction, but I didn't know how to stop. So I, I, I tried going to pick up Hardest Route, but that never felt right. But, but then one of your videos was linked under the one I was watching from Monsieur Manley, and I... I liked the way you looked. No homo. 
So I watched it and everything just clicked. I, I don't know. It was like when I got my first pair of glasses, like snap, everything is in focus. It's close to criminal how little society talks about the problems of single motherhood. The young man laughed nervously. Yeah, yeah well, I've got to keep harvesting those leftist votes. Oliver nodded. I think you're right, but and there's also a darker aspect of the, the weaponization of immature sexuality. That's it. That's exactly right. My, my mother had all, all, all this... The young man paused, glancing nervously at Rachel. Forget about her, said Oliver, waving his hand. Talk to me. The young man's face trembled slightly, and he leaned closer to Oliver. My mother had all these boyfriends. None of them were ever totally mean to me, but they all seemed dangerous in a way. They were only there for her, and I was just in the way. When you, when, you, when you talked about how the male lions kill the offspring of other lions before mating with a single mother, that hit me in the gut like a hammer. I hated that feeling of being extraneous, superfluous. Oliver laughed. I'm glad you took my advice about reading a thesaurus. Complex thoughts require complex language, quoted the young man. But listen, I really appreciate you coming by, and I hope you will take my speech to heart. The pale man nodded rapidly. Oh, I wouldn't want to be the next speaker. He paused. I can't, I can't believe you just threw away your whole speech, the prepared one. When did you decide that? On the plane, coming back from Vietnam. How come? Vietnam was always my port of last resort. If they can't provide it, it's not to be had. And They were running out of everything. What are you going to do? Listen, I appreciate the concern, but you need to figure out your own strategy. I don't want to talk about my plans in public. No offense, brother. No, of course not. They shook hands. The young man turned to go. Rachel touched his shoulder. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have snapped at you. My, my apologies. The young man smiled and ducked his head. Other men clearly wanted to talk to Oliver, but stood behind Rachel. She turned to Oliver. I am sorry for the last time we met. She leaned closer. It's all so ridiculously new. But, but I did talk to my father about what you said. Oliver just gazed at her. It was crazy. He broke down. I've never seen that before. He's much older. It's not his way at all. And my mom kept running interference like I was going to set off some kind of bomb just by thanking my father. And they totally love each other. I don't know what's going on. Oliver smiled faintly. And Arlo, how did he handle it? Rachel frowned. I don't want to talk about him. I just want to thank you, re really, totally, from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> I guess I was doing a kind of A-B testing. Your worldview is crazy to me. So I think I did it as a joke. Just I never really expected the response I got, but my dad and I have never been closer. We're actually exchanging letters, real ones, on paper. He's got this whole life going on in his head, in his heart, in his history, and the doors are just mm, open now. And you were totally right. And if you're right about that with my dad, I guess I have to consider that you are, you could be right about other things, I don't know. A bald-headed middle-aged man behind her said, Hey, 
you even listened to his speech? This isn't Dr. Phil, lady. Yeah, go pick some freeze-dried fruit to hell with your feelings. Oliver held up a hand. He leaned over Rachel. I'm glad, for his sake. Good for you. That showed some real guts. Her hazel eyes were wide and vulnerable. Thank you. He leaned closer. But here's the thing, Rochelle. You are at the start of a journey that takes years at best. You don't have years. You might only have weeks. You can't afford to lose your family, not right now. Go home, Rochelle. Promote Arlo to a boyfriend. Get married, if you can, right away. There's no point starting anything new. I didn't tell you the truth, murmured Rachel. Oliver blinked. You don't owe me the truth. We've only met once. Why why did you tell me to go to church? Because whatever you call your community, it's going to disintegrate very soon. Friends will scatter. You are going to need spiritual brothers and sisters. There's still time, but not much. Where do you go to church? Rachel's hand was clutching his elbow. You're panicking, said Oliver gently. I'm sorry you were lied to, but but it wasn't me. Rachel took a deep breath, summoned all her courage, and opened her mouth to speak the first deep truth in her youngish life. Rachel? asked a voice. She turned in a daze. Ian? Her brother-in-law's utterly baffled face loomed close. What on earth? Oliver laughed suddenly. Rachel? That's your name? She whirled back on him. They must have got it wrong. Rachel, come with me, said Ian urgently. Oliver snapped his fingers. Oh my gosh. She's the reporter, he cried. He straightened up and raised his voice. Reporter here, everyone step back. I'm not here in, in, in that way, exclaimed Rachel, holding her hands up. You're here under false pretenses, growled Oliver, then raised his voice again. Security! Two burly men walked up from the entrance to the hall. Oliver caught their eyes and gestured at Rachel. This young lady is a reporter who lied her way into the conference, probably paid in crypto. He turned back to her. Please, you're not welcome here. You will get a full refund. Reporter! Reporter! The chant went up among the men and scattered women in the auditorium. Come on, lady said the taller security guard. He kept his hands up at his shoulders, where everyone could see them. "'Please, don't film!' cried Rachel, weakly surrounded by the inevitable electric eyes. Ian said, "'I'll take her. There's no need for this!' He put his hand gently on her elbow and started guiding her towards the exit. "'Reporter! Reporter!' In a daze, Rachel let Ian lead her out of the hotel. The late afternoon light faded through the darkening clouds. The parking lot was grey and gritty and covered in a scattering of late autumn leaves. Rachel suddenly wrenched her arm away from Ian's hand. For God's sake, Ian, stop at the drama! What the hell are you doing here? demanded Ian. She once more felt the sudden and deep immovability of his character. Such a new experience. She put one hand on her hip. I came to expose the whole mess. Ian paused, struggling to 
overcome his automatic responses. Her eyes narrowed. What sort of cult have you gotten yourself into, Ian? This is what this is what Cassie is going to stay home for? To rely on this this band of tattooed apes? He shook his head slowly as if dodging tiny arrows. You lied your way in. I was undercover, bro. Look into it. It's standard practice. They stared at each other, panting slightly. A blood-red leaf blew between them. You're freaking out, said Ian after a moment. It happens. Well, it happened to me for sure. Don't give me your pity. Listen, Rachel, said Ian with sudden urgency, you really don't want to get caught in between these two worlds. There's no time left. Do you you understand? Oh, all these chicken little paranoid fantasies, cried Rachel recklessly. Does Cassie know that you are all going to squat in the woods and pray for the end of the world? Is Jesus going to jump down from a cloud and scoop you all to salvation? Ian's eyes were unblinking. I have accepted Jesus in my heart. Rachel's mouth dropped open in shock. Does Cassie know? She was there, he smiled. I'm born again. Rachel staggered back a step or two. She raised her hands to her temples. Oh, my God, I'm going crazy. I'm stuck in some trashy, left-behind airport novel. Ian's face was very sad. What do you live for, Rachel? They both took a few steps backward as a grey SUV drove too fast between them, chased by more red, swirling leaves. They stayed at a distance. Her lips white, Rachel gestured at the air. Well, I certainly don't live for this. But for what? Why would you get her pregnant if it's the end of the world? demanded Rachel. Ian fixed his grey eyes on her. Despair is the greatest sin, sister. I can see it right now. She shuddered. Oh, God, you're a daycare kid. Don't tell me you haven't read the studies. I know you have. Rachel seemed to glitch like a stuttering online video. So? You can't bond, Ian said simply, sorrowfully. Like, Ben? I don't know what... What does that mean? She raised her hands. No, forget it. Don't answer that. A low police helicopter passed by at great speed, ruffling their hair. Distant sirens echoed through the concrete canyons. Rachel's fists were white, clenched. I'm going to... I'm going to write this article. Are you going to be honest? About what? Ian shook his head. An honest person would never ask that. There wouldn't be two categories. I'm going to expose all these apocalyptic ravings. I'm going to write about how I was thrown out. You weren't thrown out. You left with me under threat. Oh my gosh, Rachel, cried Ian in great frustration. You can't be serious. All you ever do is threaten others. You're threatening me right now, he gestured at the hotel. You're going to take down my whole community. You're going to humiliate me. You're going to set my wife against me. And why? I find meaning here, Rachel, and brotherhood. And it's good for me. You know that. It's why we're having this 
conversation. He took a step towards her. And Cassie is happier. You gonna roll a grenade into our whole tent? And why? Rachel's face was pale, taut. Because it's all so crazy. His face softened. Rachel, he murmured. She sighed in exasperation and took a few steps towards him. Rachel, he repeated. I heard what you were saying to Oliver. Please, I don't mean this with any disrespect. Maybe you were lying to him as well, but I don't think so. You wanted to go to church. You want to find meaning to recover your soul. To stop living this way. His voice lowered and she leaned in. And, and what if we are right? Oh, Pascal's wager, Rachel exclaimed scornfully. Philosophy 101, I was waiting for that. No, I don't mean about heaven and hell. Oh, that, that is pretty important. I mean, he took a deep breath. Look, I like Arlo a lot. He, he's a lot of fun. But he's not going to wife you. He's not going to make you a mother. He's a boy, and you're a toy. How dare you, cried Rachel, her white teeth bared. Ian shook his head, his eyes wide. Oh, God, you're just burning bridges in every direction. You threatened Oliver. You threatened me. You've never once come by to help out Cassie. When was the last time you took Ben for a day? You're not that busy. I have you on web alerts. Ian's voice caught in his throat. It's tough. Two people working at... And Ben misses you. But you say you have no time. It's a fact. You abandoned us, Rachel. Rachel shook her head. No, that, that's not what Cassie thinks. You're like... <sighs> we can't be too honest. Or you'll vanish. Rachel bit her thumbnail. Damn it! What, what, what are you thinking? She took a deep breath. Oh, this is my big thing, Ian. She raised her eyes to his. I can't just drop it. There's, there's power in these meetings. I need to make my mark. Rachel suddenly imagined that Ian was about to say the mark of the beast. Ian took another step forward. <laughs> I've learned to read these things, Rachel. You like Oliver. And you feel rejected, so now you want to hurt him. But it will hurt me and Cassie and Ben and the baby to come. Rachel shook her head again. Everything can't be so tangled. But it is, said Ian softly. He reached out and took her cold, unwilling hand. Why don't you... What? You could really help to save people. Not for Jesus, not for church, just 
write about the men's rights movement being a response to these growing shortages. He sighed. I guess you could condemn us a bit, but why not just help get the word out? There are going to be some very hungry children in two months' time, or less. Rachel snatched her hand back and waved him away. I don't believe any of that. (sighs) Don't you see? That's your attraction to Oliver, cried Ian. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Everyone flirts to get what they want. Okay, but, but listen, really think about it, Rachel. You could write about how we meet to discuss the end of the world, and, and, and that's what drives our ideology. And, and you don't have to judge our predictions or, or the movement as a whole, but it would totally help get the word out. It's really important. Why? said Rachel, but knew that her query was automatic, empty. God wants us all to have free will, said Ian softly. That's why he made us. That's, that's what he made us for. And the bad forces in the world could just be evil people, could be the devil. Take away people's free will by keeping information from them. Censorship is demonic. You can't choose what you don't know. It would be a personal favor to me. I want to know I did everything I could people know and choose badly, that's on them. If they don't even know, but I could have helped, that's on me. Do you understand? Almost against her will, Rachel nodded. She laughed sadly. (laughs) I never thought of you as as a a do-gooder. Ian smiled. It's kind of a new phase. Rachel exhaled. <sighs> if I write something less, less, I don't know, whatever you're talking about, if I do that, will he, he talk to me? I can try, said Ian encouragingly. Her eyes narrowed. It might be a condition. You have your free will. Uh, he has his. But Rachel, what is going on with Arlo? I don't know, murmured Rachel, with the kind of emptiness that often precedes great emotion. She suddenly wanted to tell him all about Aunt Crystal and a lost life and a pointless project and the whirlpool of useless family demands. But it felt disloyal. What? asked Ian. Rachel took a deep breath. (sighs) Nothing, nothing. Arlo is fine. We are fine. I'm just getting really sucked into this story, which is a good thing, I think. Balance in all things, said Ian. Oh, for God's sakes, Ian, you're a coder. Stop trying to be a fortune cookie. Her voice was not malicious, and Ian laughed. Rachel said, You should probably get back. He shook his head decisively. No. We're going to talk. Half of her rebelled, and half of her melted.